0: Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, thank you. Please take your seat. It's good to be here in God's presence before you all. Um, you have an amazing pastor. You really, really do. I mean, he's, uh, I first crossed paths with him a couple of years ago uh, in ministry training with the Assemblies of God, and uh, he he ended up being once my, my mentor at that. The season of time, and the level of love and wisdom uh, and just truth that he brought to the table, I was just kind of wooed, and you know how he speaks, you know, <laughs> that eloquent, so um, I just want to honor him, and uh, I know that he is a real man of God, you know, it is like what you see is, is what you get, he's authentic, uh, he's honest. Uh, and something that makes me rise is encouragement and um, when you're around him he can make you feel like a, a, a helium balloon you just kind of <laughs> you know what I mean you No, know, that, that, that and that's that's one of the reasons why I love him because when I hang around with, with him he makes me rise he makes me rise so um, it's a privilege to be here and from my heart my wife's heart we love you and we have spent time, I've spent time praying for you guys, and I believe that God is going to speak today. Amen? So let's just, uh, just to honor the man of God, honor Sujit, let's just give a round of, another round of applause. Though he's not here, it's just our way of honoring him. <laughs> I okay, I'm just going to jump in. I'm full of the word, and I'm excited. Uh, and uh, let's see what God will say to us this morning. Okay. I want to just... Uh, when I was praying, um, something that came to me uh, concerning Beacon Church was the concept of tuning in. Everyone say tuning in. Tuning in. And one definition of, of tuned in means you are very aware of a person or you have a good understanding of what other people may be thinking, or what is happening in a particular situation, so for example, the staff at, at your nursery are trained to be in tune with the needs of the children. And I think that's just one of the reasons why Ofsted graded little Acorn nursery as outstanding. Amen, can we get a amen, amen to that? <laughs> tuned in. It's so important. Are we tuned in? One of the things that God sent me here to tell you is that he is fully tuned into you. Our Heavenly Father is very aware of you. Jesus Christ is tuned into your needs. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly what each of you is thinking. And guess what? He sees the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he still loves you like crazy. He still loves us like crazy. Isn't that amazing? And for those of us who believe in Jesus, God doesn't just know you. The Bible says that his spirit lives in you. And Jesus is one spirit with your spirit. So in one sense, God is perfectly tuned into your newly created spirit man through the finished works of Jesus Christ. God has made himself permanently available. Everyone say, permanently available. He's made himself permanently available to us here because his spirit dwells within us forever. This is so that we can begin to know our Heavenly Father intimately through daily fellowship, with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was with his disciples, one of the things that he said was, and I will ask the Father. This is in John chapter 14, 16, 16 to 17. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the work cannot receive because it sees him or knows him not. But you know him for he dwells with you. And the Bible says, Jesus said, he will be in you. Everyone say, in me. Jesus wants to be in me. And if you are saved, Jesus is in you. Amen? See, I have found that it's actually really easy to say this when everything's going good and, you know, all is well with the world. I'm following Jesus. I'm cloud nine, I'm loving His presence, I'm listening to Him, I'm obeying Him and and believing that, you know, the best is yet to come. But the question is, what happens? It suddenly seems as if it becomes more challenging to declare these things and to believe these things when things aren't going well, right? When your circumstances are tough, when you feel like perhaps you failed God, when I'm no longer praying... Or seeking his face. Or I'm trapped in a pattern of sin that I thought I had overcome. In those moments, doubt comes knocking at the door. And doubt begins to say, is God still with you? Is he still in you? Is is God still for you? Look at what you've done. Look at the mess. Look at how you failed God. God. Surely if God was tuning him to you, you wouldn't be in this mess. I'm reminded of a time a couple of years ago when I was in that place. Where things just, my prayer life was dry. I wasn't engaging with God. I wasn't connecting with him. Um, and I was struggling with sin in my life. And at that time I was, I was working at uh, the school. Uh, A secondary school, I still work there actually but and one of the funny things was there was a teacher who had a horse she had an accident, she fell off her horse and she was limping quite badly and I had this light impression and it was come pray for her but everything around me was like me and God, we haven't spoken in a while. I'm not doing good, you know, with him and I'm struggling with this and that. So I just kind of put it off. But every time I'd see her, there's just disimpression. Just go and pray for her. And I just you know, I, I kept on with, with 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 myself, focusing on 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 school, focusing on work. But then there came a point where our paths crossed and I just got talking to her and I just and I just thought, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I might as well just it just keeps. It just kept pushing me, so I just thought, let's just, let's just, so I just kind of, you know, you know when you try not to be awkward about something, you kind of want to introduce something, but you know that this isn't their world, and you're like, how do I angle this in a way that they're going to kind of accept, you know? <laughs> so I tried anyway, and she was very open to receive prayer, which I was like, okay, that's one step. So I just began to pray and release healing, and the power of God hit her. And the Lord healed her instantly in that moment. She was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm feeling heat over my body. And he it he got, got to the point when she was like, what else can you do? Can you help with my marriage? Can you And She started opening up about this and that, and I was like, whoa. But in that moment, something began to reside within me that, that actually God had never left me. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord was still with me. And God, I'm here to tell you that in the same way that that was true for me, the Spirit of the Lord, no matter what has happened, He has never left you. Through your worst mistakes, through your failures and shame, He never left you. He is still in you, and He still speaks to you, and He desires to move through you. It doesn't matter what you have done, because the promise of God is this. He, He didn't say... The Spirit of God will be with you and in you so long as. yeah, So long as you're, you're connected, so long as you're praying. So No, no, no. He just said, when you believe in me, my Spirit will be in you forever. Which made me realize that the Spirit of God dwelling in me was not based on how I behaved, or my performance, but it was based on the promise of the Son of God that He will be in you forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. And when I decided to act on His gentle prompting, I discovered that even then, God had always been tuned into me. I had just believed the lie that he hadn't. In fact, is there anyone here that perhaps is suffering from some kind of injury? Car injury? an injury related to an animal. Maybe you've fallen off a horse or something. I don't know. But I just sense that if there is anyone here that is has struggled or is facing some type of injury, keeping a sporting injury, the Spirit of God is here and He is available to heal. To heal. And if you are okay with that and you're comfortable, I'd just like to, to to encourage you just to raise your hands. And I'm just going to release a prayer. And if you're not comfortable to raise your hand that's fine i'm just going to release a prayer in faith anyway because the same jesus that flowed in me and through me all those years ago it's the same jesus here amen and he is here to minister healing and life and light and power so if you want to raise your hands feel free to can i see one few hands going up um hallelujah i'm just gonna just pray right now father you are the same yesterday today and forever and in the name of Jesus, I speak to every single body. I speak to every single cell. I speak to the entirety of the human frame for all those that have raised their hands, or all those that are saying yes on the inside. And I command healing. I release healing. I release healing in the body. I speak... Divine alignment to the back, the that the back that is crooked and is damaged because of the accident to come into alignment now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I really strengthen in that in the wrists, strengthen in the in the in the legs, in the femur. There's a there's a I sense something to do with the femur. There was an accident there. I release healing in the bones right now in the name of Jesus. I command your body to come into alignment with God's divine order, your cells, your blood, your circulation hallelujah, every system in your body to come into alignment with God's divine order of health and healing now in, now in Jesus name now in Jesus name now in Jesus name, now in Jesus name, I speak healing to your neck, healing to your mind healing, oh God even now I release healing for trauma Jesus you said that you have come to bind up the broken hearted so that for those that are suffering with trauma related to accidents even them, oh God, bring Healing, healing, healing now in jesus' name, healing now, and i 've a sense that there may be someone here that was struggling in delivery, something happened when you sought to, you went to deliver a baby and The experience perhaps was so bad that it left some kind of trauma. The Lord is touching you now in the name of Jesus. Receive healing now. Receive healing now. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. It is so in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I just want to encourage you as I continue preaching. For those of you that... um. Uh, put your hand up if you were uh, just perhaps just try to move around and test your body and I believe that the healing power of God is working in you and through you and testimonies will follow Amen so uh, just keep on just moving your body and trusting in the goodness of God for those of you who don't perhaps know God yet maybe you haven't received him that could be a possibility the Lord has sent me to tell you today that God knows you too. And he's, he actually made you in his image. Even before you were born, he was tuned into you and he knows exactly how to reach you. This is actually what God said about a man called Cyrus through the prophet Isaiah. The funny thing was, God spoke through Isaiah about this man called Cyrus around 150 years before Cyrus was born. <laughs> 100, around 150 years before King Cyrus was born, God used a man called Isaiah to speak about Cyrus. And it says this in Isaiah 45, verse 4-6. to for the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor. This is referring to Cyrus. Though you, listen to this, though you do not acknowledge me, though you don't know me, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you. Though you have not acknowledged me, I will strengthen you. Listen to that. So that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Incredible. History records Cyrus as a man who became a famous king. And Cyrus actually granted to the Jews whom Nebuchadnezzar had transported to Babylonia the return to Palestine and the rebuilding of Jerusalem and its temple. The very things that God had spoken about Cyrus, though Cyrus didn't even know God, 150 years ago, through a man called Isaiah, came to pass. Incredible. That means that for all of us here, God has details about us, and things were said about us in heaven and on earth before we even came into existence. God is saying, though you may not know him, God has called you by name. God has called you to be here. God has given you gifts and abilities you have. He gave you the personality that makes you unique. And he knows your potential. The psalmist David put it this way. He said, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I go from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall shall hold me. So God is saying this morning that I led you here this morning to listen and have and god is also saying that i know the safe i know the combination to the safe of your heart i am drawing you to my son jesus even this morning if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that god raised jesus christ from the dead you will be saved God is also the one, he's been speaking to you. The Bible says, and uh, there's a verse in, in, uh, in uh, Job, and it's, I'm paraphrasing, but he, before any one of us came to know Jesus, God was speaking to us in different ways. Did you know that? God was in one way here and another. Though we may not have perceived it, God was speaking. He spoke to us and he speaks through dreams, in visions of the night. He's He opens our our ears and he seals his instructions within within our hearts before we wake up. That's him speaking. God has, has spoken and he speaks through feelings, through thoughts, through numbers, through circumstances, through all sorts of different ways with the intent to try and keep us from harm and to protect us. So our Heavenly Father knows all of us. Say, God knows me. God knows me. Our Heavenly Father knows all of us. And He is speaking to us in multiple ways. And I declare today in the name of Jesus that your awareness and your understanding is now coming into divine alignment with the frequency of God's voice. I repeat, I declare now in the name of Jesus that your awareness and your understanding is coming into divine alignment with the frequency of God's voice. The frequency of God's voice. That when He speaks, you will perceive. When He moves, you will discern. Whether, whether, whether it's through an inner, um, an inner sense here, Whether it's through a vision, whether it's through a picture, whether it's through an impression, you will speak and know that the Lord is speaking. Amen. Oh, I could tell you stories. I remember when I was at university, and um, I was uh, a friend of mine had invited me uh, to her church, not been before. Her name was her name was Esther, and uh, that Sunday morning, just as I woke up, woke up, it was just this a fleeting thought. And that fleeting thought was, don't go. Just go to the church you normally go to. And I could have just dismissed it. And it was almost like I was very kind of casual with the thought. I was just like, eh, okay. It wasn't like, oh, I thought God is speaking to me. I got the shivers. It was just like, mm. I just went with it, you know? So I sent a message saying, uh, I won't go with you this morning. Um, I'm going to go to my usual church. Maybe another time. She was like, okay, cool. Later on that day, so her sister, Rachel, was in my year. She was in the year above Esther. I saw her sister and she was crying. She was and I was like, Rachel, what's wrong? Is everything okay? She said, It's it's my sister Esther. She's been in a car accident. And I was like, Oh my gosh. You know that moment when you hear something and you just your heart starts beating and you you pause, and the first thing I thought was, Is is she okay? Like, is, is everything okay? And she was like yeah, she's got whiplash. Uh, the car's written off, but fortunately she's she's okay. I'm just shocked. I mean, I'm in a place of shock. So I was, I went to her, tried to kind of encourage her, and then I think it was the next day when I was able to. I found Esther. I said, "What happened? Like, are you okay?" And she was like, "I'm I'm, sh- I'm shaken up. I'm suffering from whiplash, but I I am okay. But the good news is that you weren't with me." And I said, why? And she said, because the car that hit me rammed into the passenger side of the vehicle where you would have been sat. And I was like, and I just immediately, I remembered that fleeting thought. It just kind of humbled me. I just thought, I should not be casual with the promptings of God. What if I'd gone? What if I'd be like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to go. Because there's times when the Lord has spoken to me. And I haven't listened. I've done, I've done my own thing. But his love doesn't give up. Amen? So that really, really profoundly ministered to me. And once again, in that season of my life, perhaps my life wasn't great with him, but nevertheless, his arm, his hands, never too short to save. Amen? That's why I've been, I'm declaring over this church and I'm believing that you guys are coming into a place of perceiving and understanding more and more the voice of the Lord, because every time God speaks is for your good, Amen. It's for your blessing. It's for your protection. It's for your. It's for your provision. It's. it's, it's, to, it's to. 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 Because He knows that we we are living in a real, world where there are spiritual realities. There are realms and realities that coexist with ours and we need him we need to trust in him so that, so that he can guide us and protect us and lead us and so that we can become all that God has called us to be Amen so listening to his voice so important to us who believe we know now that God is perfectly tuned into our spirit being Amen But the question is, with our hearts and with our minds, are we tuned into him? He's tuned into our spirit, but are we, with our hearts and minds, tuned into him? The question is, are we aware of the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us? How aware are we of him? In our daily activities. Do we have an understanding of what God is thinking? He understands what we think. But the question now is, do we have an understanding of what God is thinking? Colossians 3, verse 1 to 3 puts it this way. Colossians, it's a challenge. Since then, you, me, since we have been raised with Christ, set... We're dialing, we're tuning in. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I just want to touch on that that line, not on earthly things. Not on, that, That it's just a few words, but there's a lot there. Because one of the biggest challenges that we are facing in our society is the war for your attention. The war for your attention. The war for your attention. You know that Facebook, you know, there, and the Instagram, they literally employ what they call attention engineers. Are specialists in finding ways to grab your attention. Attention engineers. Can you imagine? It, it, we can all be here, but not be here. We can be here physically, but our mind's wondering: What's for dinner? What's for lunch? Ah, oh, how the how the kids doing? All sorts. of uh, Will Arsenal? You know, don't get me started by Arsenal. I, I, I was disappointed about the match yesterday. Anyway, just Lord have mercy. Anyway, okay, our, our minds can drift so easily. The war for your attention is a real one. Because the Lord knows that whoever has your attention is the one in whom your heart is tuned to whatever has your attention is the thing what your heart is tuned to. Not on earthly things. There's so much things. It could be, I'm not against the news. Honestly, I'm not against it. It's okay to kind of be informed and to know what's going on. But we need to be wise, guys. If, if, if we're at a place where our heart is tuned more to what the news is saying on the earth as about, instead of what the news of the heavens are saying, because there's flashing news from heaven there's breaking news from heaven huh? says in Isaiah chapter you know, in Isaiah, um, Isaiah he sees God enthroned on high and he says I saw, I saw God and I saw the cherubim and the seraphim and they were circling around the earth and they were saying holy, holy, holy it's the Lord God almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory that's what they said That was their perception. Stuff's going on on the earth, but they're saying, holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. That that tells me that there's far more to this world than what's physically going on. And even what's presented by the news is presented with intention. Someone is trying to get you, and someone is presenting information to get you to think about it someone is choosing that information but how many of you know there's more good news in the world than bad news how many many of you know that there's more births happening in the world daily than there are deaths how many of you know that there are more people being saved across the world than ever before there's always going to be more light than darkness but there are channels that are not necessarily presenting that perception set your heart on things above amen Amen. God is saying, "Set your heart." He's calling us to set. And who do we have as our model? Who do we have as our as our example? The Bible says that since we are we are new creations in Christ, the only model we have, the only person who was able to do this was Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. He is our example. He is our reference point. He is our point of reference. And whilst he was on earth, he had an ongoing, active, intimate relationship with his heavenly father by the spirit of God. He had learned to tune his heart and mind into what God was saying and what God was doing. And Jesus centered his life around his intimate relationship with his heavenly father. He centered it. And here are just some of the statements that Jesus made. Yeah? He said this. As the, in John chapter 15 verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Now, well, there was a time I read this. And you know that moment when you read something and then poof, you get this like, revelation and you're like, Whoa! I did not see that. And it can be like an onion, just wrapping... You know, it's like the Word of God is unravelling... As the Spirit of God brings to light something... This is one of those moments... I read this... And I realized this... That Jesus' ability to love His disciples... Was in direct proportion... To the love of God... That He had experientially known... From His Father... The ministry of Jesus to His disciples and to the world was anchored in his own confidence of God's own love for him. Jesus himself, he anchored his, his ministry on, on, the, on the fact that God, his heavenly father, loved him. Jesus trusted completely in his father's love for him. So much so, listen to this, that at, at the age of 12, everyone say 12. 12. All right. He had an innate knowing that he just had to be at his father's house. You know, some of us may, may know the story. His family are going to, the, to, to Jerusalem. Uh, there's, a, there's a yearly k- kind of a sacrifice that they go and do. And um, they go and do it. They leave. And there's, a big, there's, there's relatives. There's uncles, aunties, sisters, brothers. Uh, maybe two or three days on the way back home from Jerusalem. They're like, hang on a minute. Where's Jesus? They start looking for Jesus. They can't find him. They start panicking, as any normal parent probably would. They rush back to Jerusalem. And they're looking up and down, and they find him in the temple. Jesus, where have you been? And he says to them at the age of 12, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Just like, huh? Oh, and that just left me spinning, because at the age of 12, What? That, that tells me that at the age of 12, he was there for a couple of days until his parents found him. Who fed him? Who, who took care of him? Where did he sleep? All these questions. It didn't bother Jesus. He, he had that level of trust that the love of God, the love of his father, would, could cover him. That God would take care of him. Amen? He was convinced that his heavenly father always had his best interests at heart. And God is saying to you, I want you to trust me. I have your best interests at heart. I have your best interests at heart. There may be times I may tell you and encourage you to do something and you'll be like, I'm not quite sure about this. I have your best interests at heart. I have I don't know who this is for, but God is saying, I have your best interests at heart. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Another passage, John chapter 5, verse 19 to 20. This is what Jesus says. He just says this So Jesus said to them, this is his disciples, truly, truly. Okay, I'll I'll tell you the truth. The Son of God can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than this. Amazing. And then the, uh, John chapter 8 verse 28. He goes on to say so jesus said when you have lifted up the son of man then you would know that i am here that i do nothing on my own but speak exactly what the father has taught me these two passages are incredible and let me tell you why they're incredible because jesus uses the word nothing but he uses the word nothing in a way that makes me think is nothing nothing or is nothing different to what we understand nothing to be because he's saying without god i can do nothing nothing Now let's be real for a moment all right I don't think he's literally meaning nothing he's not okay because he had his own will and the bible says that he sought after the father's will and he did not choose his own will so it meant that if he had his own will he could have done what he wanted to do right so this word nothing where he says, um, I can do nothing of my own accord, but only what I see my Father doing. What does he mean? When Jesus says, I can do nothing on, 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 on my own, he is saying, everything. Uh, everyone say, everything. everything. Everything from the Father carries eternal value and brings eternal results. So if Jesus to do decided to do something independently from his Father, it would carry no eternal value, and there'll be no eternal results. So if he chose to do something independent from his Father, it equates to nothing. So nothing in the terminology of God of Jesus is that which does not bring eternal results. Does that make sense? It just shows me how aware, how in Jesus was. One more. In John chapter 14, verse 10, I just declare actually in the same way that Christ was aware, of the Father. And in and in the same way that Christ was in tune with his Father, I declare that this is the grace that God is releasing into your life right now in Jesus' name. That you will be as aware of the Father as Jesus was. The perception to be to, 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 to the desire to to behold and to wait and to posture yourself so that you don't do anything until you sense he's doing it, He's there. That you will equate nothing to 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 not. Bringing eternal results, and you will be wanting to do something because you are a child of God. Amen. Amen. Here, Jesus in the John chapter 14, verse 10, says, Do, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own, instead, it is the Father who is speaking. And he is dwelling in me and he's performing his works. I like this. Because here, Jesus is acknowledging that the Father was expressing himself and working on earth through every word Jesus spoke. Why? Because every word that Jesus spoke was endorsed by the Father. Every word. Imagine living a life. Where the level of dependency on God is so much, is so high that you are wanting only to speak the words that God has endorsed. This is God's desire for you and I. And He he has supplied and He's made everything available for us to begin to rise and to pursue this lovely walk we we can have with God. Amen? So... With these passages, it's very clear that Jesus made the relationship with his father his ultimate priority. We can get that, yeah? He was tuned into his heart and into the mind of God. He was tuned into his father's thoughts. He was tuned into his father's feelings, into his father's perspective, into his father's lifestyle. And our heavenly father wants the same level of interaction with us as he had with Jesus and God desires that we we can learn to trust him in his love the same way Jesus did he desires that we can learn to begin to depend on him more and more as Jesus did and and to follow the leading of his spirit the same way Jesus did may that be the portion may that be your experiential reality in Jesus name in Jesus name on Monday evening, after, late afternoon, it was around 4.30, 5-ish, I was in my bedroom, I was just kind of praying, and I had this sudden thought, and this sudden thought was to go to the barber's and get my hair cut. Now, I don't really have much hair anyway, but, you know, so it's not, <laughs> it's just that my wife, she, she, she likes the whole kind of bald head and beards and that kind of thing, so, you know, when you're married, you want to try, try and make your wife happy, so it's just my my small gesture. But I was looking I was looking a mess, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it seems like the hair on my face grows a lot quicker than anywhere else. Um, but I I I had this prompting and it was quite a sudden one. Uh and funnily enough, when I got the prompting, the first thing I uh, that came to me was my understanding. So I was like, Well, it's getting quite late. Let me just check and see what time the barber shop closes. The one that I always always go to. Because we all have a barbershop that we go to. A place, you know, that place. Um, and it said closed at 4.30. Yeah, and it was around quarter to five. So I was like, nah, it can't be good. It's already closed. But the, that, that it began, that small impression. Could go. So I was like, hmm. So... So, let me just be tactful and tell my wife I'm just going for a walk. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to describe in case I come back and I didn't get a haircut. And she was like, what happened? (laughs) So I said, I'm just going to go for a walk, see what happens. Got to the barber shop and there was a guy who used to go to our church. who just happened to be on the door. And I ended up talking to him for a bit and um, catching up and it was really, really nice. And the barber was cutting someone's hair and he was like, sorry. Look, listen, I'm running over, I'm late, I can't do your hair. I was like, that's totally fine. I'm in the holidays anyway. I can come back tomorrow. I'm just kind of passing through. But as I got talking to the other guy um, about life, and the Lord had a word for me through him, actually, which was quite cool. Just as our conversation was coming to an end, the barber just looked at me and went, actually, you know what? I can do your hair. Come, come on. I was like, are you sure? He's like, Yeah, yeah, just come. And I was like, Oh, wow. And you know, sometimes it's not the big thing. Sometimes we can expect God to every time He tells us to do something, there's something massive in the at the end. But he sometimes just wanted to train us to see whether we would just learn to trust him above what our sense, the knowledge of our five senses, tell us. So he began to cut my hair and he was telling me about his you know, family, and um, it turns out that he was—he you know, comes from a kind of a Christian background, and the Lord actually did have some some message—a message that that for him, that he was very much encouraged. So it was kind of a win-win for me because I left with a haircut, and also left being able to encourage someone. But Proverbs chapter three verse five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding." It's the understanding, yeah. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. There's a few things before I kind of bring wind things up. There's kind of four keys, I'd say, I may perhaps call them master keys. Four keys that will help us tune in our hearts and minds to things above believe that if you're willing to use these keys, the grace of God will enable you and empower you to begin tuning in more, more regularly. Amen? The first key is daily acknowledging your need for the Holy Spirit. It's a type of ministry. And you say, and it's the truth. I mean, if you think about it, can you imagine, you know, there are, there are people out there who are, thank God, in, in, particularly in the UK in general, they get the right type of, in general, the level of care. But there are people who are born blind and they're born deaf at the same time. And can you imagine how life would be for them if they didn't have the support and infrastructure that is available? How vulnerable would they be? In the same way, for us who are here there is a spiritual realm think about this we're angels and demons kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness and if you just imagine we are just going about our life without the help of the Holy Spirit who who can be our eyes, who can be our ears who can activate all our senses we are in trouble that's real, I'm just being real And it's been the goodness of God, the kindness of God that has protected us and kept us and hemmed us in and the prayers of the saints. But just being honest and saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help today. Because without you, I'm blind. Without you, I'm deaf. Without you, I'm in trouble. I need your help. I don't just want to know about you in the book. I want you to become my experiential reality. My experiential reality. I can begin to sense and perceive and and know and if I hear you saying go left, I'll go left instead of going right. Even if my understanding is I go right every day, why, why, why what's this about me going left now? If if I if I get a picture, I'll, I'll follow that impression. Learn to acknowledge your need for him, because without him, that's why God called him the Helper. He's here to help. He's in you twenty four seven, and He says, I'm available. Just 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 begin talking to me. <laughs> begin communicating. He. He is your biggest, the Holy Spirit is our biggest advantage. Our biggest advantage. Our biggest advantage. When you begin to learn to take that step of learning to heal from him, the Holy Spirit, Satan becomes nervous. The kingdom of darkness becomes nervous. Because the one thing they cannot do anything against is is to to handle someone who is learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. They're done for. They're done for. Daily acknowledge Press be, be honest where you're at so if, if you feel like You know what In my life right now We haven't been talking much with God My relationship Just be honest Just be honest and say Holy Spirit Give me the hunger to know you if, 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 if the hunger's not there Be real and just say Give me that hunger Amen Give me that desire Remove anything that's hindering the desire for you, for distractions of this world. In Jesus' name, I pray over your lives and I just decree and declare that every distraction removing that hindering you from being able to perceive and to discern the will of God may be lifted off your life in Jesus' name. May you come into an, a, 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 an open heaven where the ease and the hunger for the things of God begin to increase. The ease and the hunger for the things of God begin to increase. May the ease and the hunger for the things of God begin to increase. Until the gap between who you are in Christ and your experiential reality is closed. That's been one of my frustrations, guys. I'm all these things in Christ. But when I look here and I look at my life, there's a gap. God is saying now it's time to bridge the gap. Come with me. And I will tell you great that unsearchable things you do not know. I can be your eyes. I can be your ears. I can be your revelation. I can be your strength. I can be all that you need in every day. I am that I am that I am. I am your answer. I am your solution. I am your peace. I am your strength. I am your fortress. I am your axe. I am all in all. I am Jehovah Jireh. Ah! Oh! Jesus. the next point is the next key is daily ask ask him questions inquire of him inquire of him you'd be surprised what you get when you begin asking him the questions how, how are you feeling Holy Spirit? God what's on your mind? God I got this project what do you think? God I want to You begin. he lives in you and with you there's a guy has, uh, I used to mentor at school Lovely boy, hard hard background, hard life, and I mentored him all the way from year seven to to, to till he left in year eleven. And uh, the relationship was so good that his mother gave me permission to keep on connecting with him after he left. And after he left, I, I felt comfortable to begin sharing with him some truths about Jesus. But every time I did, he was he wasn't keen, you know, he was. He wanted to be like me, funnily enough. He was drawn to me, but he, didn't, he wasn't keen on Jesus. But just this week, this was Tuesday. I've had a crazy week, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Just I think it was, was it was Tuesday. We'd arranged for him to come over because he was planning to go to America um, to start a new life. And I think in, uh, Bank Holiday Monday, he's going to leave. So he was going to come over, and I'm on my way to pick him up. I said, Holy Spirit, look, I've tried it all, I've tried everything. <laughs> this kid, this kid. What, is there anything I can do? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you now. <laughs> how can we reach this, how can, how can Jordan encounter you? I just want to encounter your love. I just want to encounter your presence. And then let the chips fall where they fall. And let him decide. And the only thing I got, random, I got this. Get him to sit on the blue chair. there's only one blue chair at home there's many blue chairs here actually it's prophetic I think I didn't think about that but God's in this somehow <laughs> saying something about blue chairs <laughs> so I was like okay because now I'm, now, like the penny is beginning to drop I'm learning to think ah, so you know what I'm just going to do what I've tried everything else I'm just going to do what he says so he comes over sat him down sit on the blue chair it's like oh okay it's just and we just get talking so we get talking and we come to Jesus he's talked about all sorts of things and he's like oh, I don't know about Jesus and he, it begins you know it, the wall begins to come up I have been praying to God though I have been praying to, I was like really? He went, yeah I've been praying more to God I was like excellent but well, the next thing you can do if you've been praying to God is ask for God to experientially reveal himself to you. Ask him to show you who he is. And he was like, but how will I know if he shows himself? How will I know? And I said to him, I remember this. I said, God knows the safe to the combination of every person's heart. At the moment I said that, something just shifted. This is a guy who's had a hard life, doesn't cry. is a man's man, he's a boxer. Hardest nails. And he just started to cry. He's like, sorry, sir, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. <sighs> I said, that's all right, that's all right. Sorry, sir. <sighs> and then every word I said was just like a batting ram of love as he just began to pour out and cry, and the presence of God hit him in such a mighty way. But God began to undo and deal with him in ways that I could never have done. I was just like, oh my goodness, the blue chair. It wasn't the blue chair. It was the instruction. It was the instruction. Cutting a long story short, that day, Jordan Lee gave his life to Jesus. He sent me a Bethel song late last night. It was just (laughs) full of things, full of life. Really, ask the Holy Spirit questions. Develop the third key, the habit of speaking in tongues. I can't stress how important this is for those of you who believe. Speaking in tongues, it's like the Holy Spirit, just trust me, it's, it's amazing. You have to do it. It's something that's changed my life. And anyway, the, the only way I can equate this to is, if uh, the President of the United States came here and he began to talk to, to any one of us, we wouldn't talk up to his level. He would talk down to our level. If he starts talk, to, asking us questions about national affairs, I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, uh, I don't know what to say. You know, I need your advice on you, you know, India or this." I'm like, "Ah." But he'll come down to our level. Yeah, How are you? What are you doing in life? And we begin to talk. Are we agreed? Yeah. Speaking in tongues is like two presidents talking together. It's like when the Spirit of God in you is talking to God on his level. About anything and everything. Concerning your life and those around you. And I promise you, if you persist in this, you'll receive downloads of revelation. Downloads of insight. As the Lord will begin to activate and increase your sensitivity to the things of God. Amen. And the last key is be still. Be still. Be still. Learn to be still. When I'm saying be still, eliminate distractions. Instagram, Facebook, the news, whatever it is, earthly things. Learn to come away. If you look at Jesus in his life, he'd come away. He'd go to barren places. He'd spend time, and even when he was busy, nights in prayer, he'd come away and be still. And I promise you, the wonderful, gentle voice of the Holy Spirit, the heavenly atmosphere, the glory of God, you'll begin to discover that there is far more to life than what you've been experiencing. There are realms, there are worlds, there's glory. That you would begin to discover that there is far more in you than you ever just than you ever realize. There's a king, there's a champion, there's a lion in you that maybe it's been dormant for a while. But as you begin to be still, he begins to rise. As you begin to be still, he begins to call. As deep calls unto deep, he is calling the queen in you. He is calling the king in you. He is calling the warrior. He's saying, Step out the boat. Step out of be, be uncomfortable. Why do you think the Holy Spirit sent a comforter? Because he knew there would be times when we would be put in discomforts. What use is a comforter if you're always comfortable? He knew our response to change. He said, I'll send you a comforter. So that when you do step out, he's got you. You discover you can walk on water. Discover you can do things you never thought you could do. You discover that you can, ha ah, la 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 la. There is more in you than you think! There is more in you! There's a giant slayer in here. There's someone here. You are the key to your family. You are the door of your family. You are the one who will bring your family to Jesus. There's someone else here. You're the key to your hospital. You're the key to your school. You're the key to your government. You're the key to your arena of influence. And God is saying, I want to express myself. I want to express myself. And I'm looking for someone who will be still. Come away. Up here, and I will show you what must take place. The Holy Spirit said, I will show you things to come about your family, about your seed, about your line. Holy Spirit, Malayam, I'm asking, Amalo even now. If you if you if you want to respond to what I'm just saying, just raise your hand and saying I want to respond. This is me. I want. I want all in. I don't want a regular life. I don't want a nine to five. I want to discover what God sees in me. I want to discover and begin to to believe. I want the bridge to be capped. For the Spirit of God is here and He's seeking to move and to stir you, to stir you, to stir you for more. Yes. Yes father god even now i'm asking that you will pour out pour out the grace of hungering for more of you the, the 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 jesus you said zeal for your house consumes me let there be zeal in this house i really sealed in this house for the things of god flamed and you'll be raptured with a passion for God for more of Him, more of His presence, more of His power, more of His word, more of His ways that He will show you that there is a king, there is a queen, there is someone inside you looking to break out begin to pray out loud Begin to ask him. Mama Mama Mama, ma, sir, so I receive it. I receive it, God. I want I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to know who I am. I want to hear your voice. I want to perceive you. I want to be a living flame. A living flame. I want this church to shine for Jesus. Oh, Lord. Pepe, la papa. for the spirit of god is here and he's saying i have come and i'm here to heal i'm here to deliver i'm here to baptize you in fire i'm here to release myself um, I, enter. I am here to show you there is more come away For some of you, the Lord is just even speaking. Some of you, it might be that you know God has been telling you something over and over again and you've just put it away. I'd encourage you, whatever it is, whether it's even apologizing to your spouse. You'd be surprised what's at the other end. A mighty breakthrough. It could be to honor someone but to pray for someone that's been bothering you the Lord knows but he's speaking to you whatever it is my encouragement would be do it the grace is here some of you God's given you ideas and concepts some of you the Lord is calling you to spend more time in prayer spend more time in his presence some of you there's a desire to begin to serve serve in the house you've been coming to this church for a while but you haven't been doing anything God is saying okay Come on. You want growth? Come. There's a lot, of, there's a lot here that you can be doing. I begin to teach you things as you begin to serve. Some of you begin to experience more dreams and visions in the night. As you step away and you come up higher. May you receive everything God has for you. In the name of Jesus, I declare everything, Father, you have for Beacon Church shall come to pass. Everything you have for this church, let it manifest now. Every breakthrough, every healing, every open door, every turnaround, every shift, let it come now. Let the yieldingness, the willingness to yield to your voice, to yield to your spirit, let let it come now. Let it come now. The willingness to apologize, let it come now. Oh God, let it come now. But not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, let it come. Oh God. Oh Jesus name for your glory in the name of Jesus Amen Wow Wow